to a podcast greater than yourself, season four. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. All right. Welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I'm Sylvia. And with us today is our guest, Cletus. Howdy. Dude, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? I can't complain. Even if I did, nobody listens. Oh my god! <laughs> you ever you ever get that one from like an 80 year old in the grocery store? Often, <laughs> several times a week. Like, you spend a lot of time in Cracker Barrels, though. So. <laughs> Like, When's the last time you were in a Cracker Barrel? Dude, uh, I'm pretty sure... Wow. Do you want a real answer? Yes. Okay, I was going to riff. Um, cr- confirmed kill, Cracker Barrel. That would be... <laughs> like, officially... The last one that I remember was like on tour with a band in the mid-2000s. You guys must have been crushing it. Well, it was funny because like the the drummer was like he's he's a great friend. I love him to death, but he was he was being a little high maintenance, and he was like, "I really I really need a home cooked meal." <laughs> like, oh, the gig wasn't at Cracker Barrel. No, no. <laughs> yeah, we were a fucking jug band. <laughs> You're like dressed like bears yeah we are the bears who sing for food the disney bears yeah yeah we were fucking the country hair bear band whatever the jug band jamboree yeah i played uh washboard back then um now i've uh i've graduated to (laughs) wash spoons (laughs) Spoons yeah spoons on the knees yeah yeah no it was just really i just remember that we were like because we would do a thing when we were on tour where it was like, you can you could get Subway anywhere, and for like six bucks get a soda, a bag of chips, and like fresh vegetables on bread with meat, and it was just like, okay, I can just do this wherever, and that was like most of what we ate because you know you're fucking broke, and he was like, my buddy Justin was just like. Can we go to Cracker Barrel? Like, really needed Cracker Barrel. So we all went to a Cracker Barrel. And um, this was like, I think it was in Lubbock, Texas. We have one here. You haven't been? No, I don't, I don't make a habit out of Cracker Barrel, no. Wow. But, I mean, I've, I've been to Cracker Barrel <laughs> fucking way before that. This is the most recent. Was the question right? Don't get all braggardly. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Oh, I been. Oh, I go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. You think I don't? <laughs> I'll fucking show you. But no, the the reason I remember that time was because we were on our way to a show in Albuquerque, and the, the it was the four of us just sitting there, and we we're just like normal looking people, and the waiter came up, and he was like a younger kid, like a high school kid, and. So this will this will this will date this. Do you remember the show The OC? Yes. So he was like, "Yeah, can I get you guys something to drink or whatever?" We ordered drinks. He came back. He brought our drinks. He was like, "You guys from The OC?" What? <laughs> I have no idea. I guess because like we didn't look like we lived in in Lubbock or whatever. <laughs> you give the OC vibe. <laughs> Major OC vibes. Yeah. So, uh, the jugs gave it away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the jugs, the, the wash, wash tub base was a dead giveaway. <laughs> that's, that's pure OC right there. Um, all of this to say, approaching newcomers. Hmm. That's the topic that's of today's segue. discussion. 
<laughs> I, I'm super big, specific. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, the anti segue because otherwise what's the alternative so um what that server did not do <laughs> was uh yeah you know like, try, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. steer it try to uh you know robert frost it into some descri- description of how the big book says to approach newcomers yeah your best transition was the billboard getting off the train what was that you're you had a podcast where you your transition into step 11 with roland was the guy tapping you on the bus about the or on the train about the oh yeah the graffiti in uh oakland west oakland yeah the terry gross npr fresh air yeah yeah terry gross yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that was smooth right into 11 Somebody who who was that? Was that Claus when we spoke with her, who said that she was on Bart and looked for that graffiti in West Oakland? Oh yeah, right? yeah. And I was like, no, that's sadly not there anymore. It's uh, one of any number of billion dollar condo buildings now. Anyway, <laughs> Cletus, what's the deal, man? How's it going? How'd you choose your shitty name for the show? How are you? Came to me in a dream. <laughs> I love it. Please tell me. Shot oh, and, out of bed. And how is Barleycorn Jr. doing today? Barleycorn Jr. is moving and grooving. Yeah. She's uh, looking more and more like you every day. <laughs> this is going to be very confusing for listeners. <laughs> well, this is what we do, though. This is the, the thesis statement of this podcast is we're going to talk a bunch of shit about stuff only we get. And you guys get to either pretend you're in on the joke or just be confused and angry. <laughs> and we're fine either way. Right. It's like a word search. See if you can, like, sift through all the bullshit to find the message in here. You win a prize. Yes. yes. Exactly. I think the, the, yeah, the gist of that story is that I named my daughter after my sponsor. <laughs> it was either that or Serenity. <laughs> so... Went with uh, John Barleycorn Jr. <laughs> yeah, well, little page 417's growing like a weed. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is your recovery child's name? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the the baby that you had since getting sober. What, what is that baby called? Uh, uh. Oh, oh, little Jaywalker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Jay Walker, Piano Keys, McGillicuddy? Yeah, that's he's, he's doing well. <laughs> Jay Walker, Piano Keys, Silkworth. Okay, anyway. So, we're here today. Of course, I mean, as evidenced by what we've already discussed, to talk about approaching newcomers. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Do you, uh, um, did you come with a reading for us? Yeah, I did. I did. There was a, a, a few to pick from, but I like the, um, when they, when the members of Alcoholics Anonymous come to meet Fred. Mm, hell yeah. Um, that stuck out. There was a couple others that I was looking at, but then, yeah, and I went Cletus and page 42. It was the, the perfect storm. Shot out of bed, knew what I was going to do. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, on page 42, starting with uh, Fred's quotes, he says, two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much, and then asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality, such as I had exhibited in Washington, was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Mm. Um, There's a few things that stick out to me in this. Um, This guy, you know, I mean, everyone knows the backstory on Fred, but he crossed the threshold to a dining room and doesn't recall 
the rest of the week. Right. Uh, has no idea what happened to him. And these two guys approach him at the hospital and, you know, happy, joyous, and free, just smiling, laughing, and piling on heaps of evidence of what alcoholism looks like and how he's doomed mm. to alcoholic torture. There's no way out beyond human aid. Then cases from, they cited cases from their own experiences to like ram it home. Um, and that's important because I, I, I do this at detox and these guys are wearing no slip socks mm-hmm. and barely to, um, they can barely put the, a glass of water to their mouth. And so it's best to come in in a light, airy mood mm. by piling on these heaps of evidence and from my own experiences so that they understand. We know that I know there is, there's nothing left for questioning. Right. That you're speaking their language. Yes. <clears throat> Let me just preface what I'm about to say by, by asking Sylvia is this is this the part where we've we've scoured through like a word search to get to the actual message? I think we're getting there. We're <laughs> okay. arriving. We're almost there. Okay. I uh I love what a great reading. Um I think that I mean we just read this chapter in our Wednesday night meeting this week. And this is one of the paragraphs that I zeroed in on as well um there's a few things about specifically about approaching these guys uh so with jim and with fred first off it talks about how like they specifically with jim he he relapsed half a dozen times in rapid succession so like keeps keeps drinking keeps you know whatever and they keep working with him they don't do this like fuck off come back when you're ready or like tough guy bullshit right um and then specifically with fred it's this thing on page 41 where it's like yeah he made a beginning he made a start this and that um and it's like repeated again with him um and then he has this experience where he has no intention of drinking he's not experiencing um having a bad day you know uh everything's great and then he gets drunk again and uh like cletus said cletus is going to take me getting used to sorry <laughs> i know <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> question i don't want to question your your dream of divination on that one um, please don't <laughs> the uh so the sandman is my higher power um <laughs> so by the time that we get to this this time when he's being approached for the final time what i really really love is that it's like this is not this guy's first time trying to stop it's not even his first time meeting with people from aa um so it's not even his first time hearing the step one stuff right and yet he goes uh yeah i'm an alcoholic i have to concede to that and I'm licked. I'm I'm beaten, right? Mm-hmm. And then they pile on the evidence. Like they don't just go. And I think that this goes to the uh, stuff in chapter seven about like if you're convinced he's a real alcoholic, right? Um, it's the same concept. Like they're showing, they're demonstrating how to do that. You know, as opposed to just reading that direction in chapter seven, uh, they're showing how they did it. They, you know, this guy. He related with them. He said, yeah, that's me. Uh, I am that thing, and I'm beat. So they go, oh, okay, cool. So for another couple hours, <laughs> we're just going to talk about what alcoholism is, right? Um, and I think it's so cool the way that that paragraph ends, because it tells you why they did that. Mm-hmm. And it tells you what the result was of them doing that. It says, this process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Yeah. That's where I've got to be to start the steps. That's right. That is step one. When we talk about the Roland Hazard experience of the gates of hell clanging, um, step one, complete deflation. 
if I'm if I'm moving forward without that, uh, you know, unless it develops in the next few steps to that level, if I never hit that level of, of defeat, um, I'm I'm never going to successfully get through the steps in a way that builds me back up to something greater than I ever was. Right. Right. Yeah, I think one of the things that I really like about this section in particular is that they make the distinction between the objective admission that I'm an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and I'm fucked. Right, right. You know, those are two completely different things. I can admit that I'm an alcoholic, but if I don't understand this disease, if I am not, like, armed with these facts, Mm -hmm. right, then I'm going to keep doing it everything else that i can think of besides going through this process right you know until i reach the end of myself and arrive at step one i can do all of the other steps and they're meaningless Mm -hmm. so i love that distinction they don't like spell it out but i can now that i read that i can see that oh that's two separate things i don't know if i got that when i was going through the steps sure all right well thanks cletus yep great seeing you Appreciate the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I brought a reading too. Let's do it. Okay. I felt like this one was cheating, but Uh oh. um, So I'm going to get mine in before you steal it. Can I get a ruling? Is cheating allowed? Um. (laughs) Totally. There you go. Saying, yeah, the pantomime works not so well for the podcast. <laughs> He's like, American Sign Language, I fully support it. The show is totally not ableist, but. I got to take the cotton out of my mouth and put it back in my ears. What? Start spreading some hope. Wait, have you never heard that? Yeah, but I thought okay. it was the other way. <laughs> okay, no. Take it out of your ears, put it in your mouth. Yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure. Women don't I'll, usually get to speak in meetings, so I'm yeah. used to having it in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> oh. All, right, All right, what do you got for us, you cheater? So I brought the opening of Working With Others. Cool. Um, it's the first two paragraphs on page 89. Let me ask you this in advance. <laughs> Three. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Um, Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends, this is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Mm. Preach. I love it. It's just, it, it, it summarizes the entire chapter. Um, it tells me that is the suggestion. <coughs> um, for me, I I heard a lot about service work you know it's really important you got to keep yourself busy you got to be doing all these things you know mm-hmm. are you chairing a meeting have you have you shared at a meeting yet are you making the coffee you know what whatever um there's value in doing all of that but i don't see any of that in their 12th suggestion or mm-hmm. as laid out in working with others mm-hmm. you know step 12 is i direct my attention to the newcomer and i share the spiritual toolkit that's been given to me for free mm-hmm. um and you know some people want that and they they want that information and other people don't and that's cool i keep moving right. um, but that's that's 12 step 12 in a nutshell right i love the <clears throat> also the stuff in this chapter it's like uh this one and in chapter 11 specifically like how many times can the book clarify what the fellowship that the book is talking about is you know what i mean um i, I know that most people don't get that because they don't fucking care about the book right they're they're just like you know <laughs> oh so it's like named after the meetings huh you mean the 12 and 12 correct That's what <laughs> yeah, we're... exactly okay thank you um 
so yeah i mean i'm not gonna like dunk on or or or, or blame people who don't even you know they don't even give a shit about the book or whatever for not knowing what the book is talking about but i love this idea of like uh fellowship specifically the fellowship that i crave um this thing growing up around me uh explicitly being stated as a thing that happens because of where these directions take me which is what you just said which is seeking out people to help through the directions not seeking out fellowship mm -hmm. seeking out people who i can help who then will help other people and like if there's a pyramid schemey kind of aspect <laughs> to it then what it is is that we all get elevated to this next level where we're all parallel you know we're all even and we're getting a higher commission <laughs> right we're getting a higher commission the commission <sighs> is though that i get to watch people recover it becomes the bright spot of my life to watch this fellowship grow up about me of people who i have been fortunate enough to be in a position of usefulness with Specifically, as it as it says further down here, because I'm specifically qualified to help someone in that way. So, to what Cletus was talking about, God, I hate that fake name. Um, <laughs> Blame God, not me, brother. <laughs> to what to what Cletus was talking about? What is the plural of Cletus? Just just curious. Cletus I. Cletus I. Okay. Cletus. Oh. So it's Greek. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, to your point earlier, you know, when I meet someone who, like, speaks my language, and I'm, like, desperate, you know, like the Dr. Bob thing in, in A Vision for You, desperate to find a way out, but I don't really know what the problem is. Um, I know that something's wrong, but I don't really get the extent of it, and, you know, you said it, too. Um when somebody like finally hands me that piece and they're just like, Hey, here's the thing you may not have considered. There's actually this specific set of symptoms for this one thing. There's a whole book about it. You know, we have the book now. They didn't have it when Fred was approached. And this really explicitly clearly defines this type of person who I am. And, you know, maybe you're that person. And if you are, there's uh, not really anything you can do about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, until somebody helps me see that, like, uh, I am fucked. Because I'm just going to keep spinning my wheels and tearing everything down around me. But, conversely, when I'm given that, and I'm gifted with what Fred talked about, which is mm, the last flicker of hope that I could do it on my own being snuffed out, to paraphrase. I don't know exactly what he said. Let's see, Freddy boy. Uh, snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. When that happens, it's like the key gets turned, and then I see, in hindsight, when I'm going out to be useful to people, that that needs to be a person making that approach who has experienced that mm -hmm. needs to be a person who's not only like you said not only experienced the living step one right but is armed with the facts of in hindsight of actually here's the real deal with that illness because just sharing in this common peril doesn't unlock shit for me except for mm -hmm. commiseration that's right I th I like to call this capital F fellowship, the mm -hmm. fellowship that you create that the book is talking about in that excerpt. And I think, you know, lowercase f fellowship is that idea. I used to hear this slogan of like, stay in the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's like, who, how is that useful? You know what I mean? That right. to me is interpreted as... You know, come in here, plop down in the middle of a meeting that has existed for 10 years. There's no newcomers, you know, 
everybody goes around and shares on sobriety in summertime or whatever the you know topic <laughs> of the day is and then you leave and you 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 can say you went to a meeting yeah you right. know you can tell your wife you're getting well or whatever like that is not the fellowship that the book mm-hmm. is encouraging us to create it is not the promise right so that's that's all it's it's my only job is to make this approach and have that understanding met that you have a hopeless condition. You're beyond human aid. And I was, I am the same as you. Um, that's it. Um, generally that doesn't, that doesn't take me very long. Um, you know, we're making these approaches to people, laying it out clear and concise, very simple. And if that understanding is met, uh, they see, they see what they need to do very clearly. There's, there's. I'm not pulling teeth. They, they grasp onto it very easily. It's my only job. Right. Um, after seeing these people recover and start to sponsor other people, that's the only time where I truly saw that all I did was make an approach. Yep. That was it. I showed them how to write some stuff and listened. Right. And now these people are in different states uh, doing their thing, sponsoring people, calling with questions about making approach themselves or you know, questions about taking someone through four or whatever. But that for me has just been the fellowship watching that grow up around me has been remarkable. Is that, um, is that not the coolest shit? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 inexplicable. No, I know. Um, I know. We talked a while back about uh, you know I'm lone wolfing it out here, trying to live in this solution, finding people that had the same um, practical approach to Alcoholics Anonymous as I did, and I didn't find it. And going out to these detoxes and treatment centers and finding people to work with and watch that grow up here in Denver has been phenomenal. I was going to, there was a point where I was going to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got tired of getting dunked on by these people with all the slogans in their head, you know, drinking themselves to death, mm-hmm. telling me what I'm saying that AA doesn't work. Right. Um, so to see these people just get well and do the same thing for others has been hundred percent the highlight of my entire life aside from john barleycorn jr (laughs) (laughs) i I was gonna interject that but yeah good job you caught it you caught it yeah i did the town of akron ohio was a quaint picturesque hamlet straight out of a norman rockwell painting Across the city, grateful, recovering alcoholics met freely to create the fellowship they craved, sharing experience, strength, and hope in order to help each other recover from substance use disorder. We try going to nine meetings per week? Until one fateful night, which would test the power of their group of drunks and turn their sober support structure upside down. Well, have you been waking up every morning and looking at yourself in the mirror and reminding yourself that you're powerless? Oh, I don't know. I guess. Creature Features presents... How is your nightly gratitude list going? In Dr. Silkworth production... Not well. Night of the Meeting Makers.
fellowship of men and women who come together to drink coffee, spout off cute one-liners, complain about their personal problems, and completely misrepresent the spiritual program of action, Alcoholics Anonymous. So when we were talking about this, <clears throat> I don't know if I don't know if when I gave this as the topic, if if I had this conversation with both of you guys, I know that I spoke about it with with lead wash tub bass player Cletus. Um, it sounds like a country hair <laughs> <bear> jamboree <laughs> wash tub player. Um, you know the the thing was like, of course, there's the page eighteen stuff. You know, it was like, um, which is, I don't know. I probably mentioned page eighteen like <laughs> seventeen times on this show. Um, I think that that is like already been covered by what we're talking about, though. The ex problem drinker, yeah, making the approach. Like, I think that there's a few things that are emphasized in that reading that are really, really important. The fact that 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 as the as the recovered person we are making the approach mm-hmm. i continue to go to meetings today where recovered people talk about going to meetings and expecting people to approach them right how would they know to do that right um raising your hand for sponsorship and saying like oh yeah you know this and that um I can remember being in meetings where at the group, at the like business meeting, it was brought up that they wanted to, somebody wanted to add into like the script of the meeting that you can't say in your shares that you offer sponsorship because it's, that's promotion rather than attraction. Mm. Like this is fucking insane, right? Um, so like making it explicit in the book over and over again that we are supposed to be putting ourselves out there we're supposed to be going and finding people we're supposed to i mean right after what you read sylvia it it goes into shit that makes me feel profoundly lazy Mm. you know call doctors call priests you know go to sanitariums like fucking go wherever people might be reaching out for help right find people um you know, the it says that there's that, people dying. Go get them. Yeah, the other, the, not to get off of that <laughs> reading, but like the, the on page 18 where it's talking about as ex-problem drinkers, you know, mm-hmm. we're making this approach. It's like to Cletus' point, like we have this job because we are the ones that are qualified. Mm-hmm. Doctors cannot do this. Right. You know what I mean? Psychiatrists are not helpful in this area, but we can gain the confidence of a drinker, you right. know? someone who is um, quite literally dying mm-hmm. uh, because we have that experience right. and we, we are armed with facts about ourselves, right? And it's not just frothy emotional appeal. It's like a, a message of depth and weight and and we have to do it because there's nobody else to do it. Right. Yeah. The frothy emotional appeal thing is, it like, for anyone who doesn't get that, it's it's alcoholic mansplaining. That's what that is. It's normal explaining. <laughs> it's, it's like a dude being like, uh, well, you know, um, 
when I carried a baby to term, here's how it felt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. It's like, you should, uh, you know. Right. I'm like, huh, I don't know that you've had this experience. <laughs> and that's evident when you speak to someone who has not had the lived experience of not being able to avoid drinking alcohol. Um, the tragedy of coming to AA and hearing the word fellowship and being like, well, I'm fellowshipping the fuck out of this fellowship, you know, like, and, and, and cause you are, you're coming and you're going to all these meetings and you're taking all these suggestions that are like very well-meaning, well-intended. Um, but all you're getting is a bunch of people who may not even share that life experience with you. How many times do I hear stuff in meetings where people are like explicitly describing being non-alcoholic? Mm. explicitly describing because they can choose not to drink exactly exactly successfully not drinking for decades on their own power because they have the choice whether they drink or not Mm -hmm. and i go there as a real alcoholic who's who's by the time i show up to aa finally decades of having chosen not to drink and drinking anyway i show up there i feel fucking crazy and like you have nothing to offer me because all you're saying is the same shit my fucking grandma said to me, don't fucking drink. What are you, what are you, goddamn idiot, Cletus? Listen, she has a lot of years, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> she has a lot of time. <laughs> that's what, that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to say was that the only thing I can put together is that these people that are offering this lukewarm watered down solution of just you know just you know pump the brakes on all that god stuff don't worry about all that right now you just sit tight and we'll get you there bud um they're just not real alcoholics right i feel it in my in my bones when i'm going into detox why i'm going because alcohol was killing me Mm. and i know there's people there that are have may or may not have ever heard a recovered alcoholic who was suffering from alcoholic torture with a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, if I were to go in there with the same propositions that my family gave me, like, you know, well, you're such a, you're such a good kid. If you just put your, those energies <laughs> into something positive, right. Um, that's what I got most of the time. Right. You know, you'd be, you be really good at, actually, you know what? What do you think about sharing Tuesday nights, the Tuesday night meetings? Do you think you could, uh, I think you could really, uh, you know, rally a crowd. Um, <laughs> that, that wasn't, that was not sufficient right. for me to, what was required was I needed this thing to be removed from me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't outthink this. I couldn't put my energies into something different or just think about it from a different angle. It wasn't possible for me. Um, and that's the only thing I can put together as to why folks wouldn't inherently know this in why we're in Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. So this is like last line of the paragraph before you're reading. Fred says... Last two lines. Uh, last three lines. Okay, I'm just going to read the first 15 pages. <laughs> I, okay, so... Uh, uh, they said... Yeah, they had said, though I did raise a defense, it would one day give way before some trivial reason for having a drink. Well, just that did happen and more. For what I had learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. So even if I've heard that stuff knowing it is not useful. It's not sufficient. Uh, I knew from that moment that I had an alcoholic mind. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. I had never been able to understand people who had said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. So like, if I've never experienced that with something, and this is where I get into like, you know, cross addiction stuff and people who have addictions I don't have asking for help with the 12 steps, like what fucking business do I have trying to help somebody with a gambling addiction when I have no fucking ability to relate with that at all? I don't have shit to offer you, dude. 
other than heady, intellectual, frothy, emotional bullshit. Mm -hmm. All I can tell you is my struggle with a totally separate thing. Mm -hmm. And I can give you some academic understanding of what powerlessness would look like with this thing with you. It's, 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 it's me telling my wife about how she felt going through a pregnancy. Like it's the same fucking thing. I can read about it. I've never experienced it. There's no depth and weight to that. Um, I do have an actual reading though. So a team is not my reading. This is how I get away with doing two readings. I allude to one reading, skim it mentally, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to actually do a reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like your process. <laughs> Page 94. There's a lot of cheating going on in this episode. <laughs> yes, this is the, the cheating episode. So page 94, because what we're talking about largely is like, you, you go, you find them, you seek them. It's your job. Go fucking do that. Not doing that? Okay, you're not doing it then. Let's not act like you're doing it when you're not doing it, right? Go fucking do it. <laughs> That's the first part. Second part, find out if they're an alcoholic. Cool. Okay, what do I do after that, right? Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, and why you are now endeavoring to be helpful to them. It is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. Make it plain he is under no obligation to you. That you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Suggest how important it is that he place the welfare of other people ahead of his own. Make it clear that he is not under pressure, that he needn't see you again if he doesn't want to. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off, for he has helped you more than you have helped him. If your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you may perhaps may, you have made or you have perhaps made a friend. Maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all to the good. The more hopeless he feels, the better. He will be more likely to follow your suggestions. Um, I fucking I get like goosebumps reading that shit because it is uh so antithetical to what people do with step 12 <laughs> i think uh that's part of it the uh, another part is obviously that like this is one of those places in the book where i'll reread that after like months of having not read it and i'll go oh i should just be doing that oh fuck i've been doing other stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> like uh, i've been making this too difficult like it doesn't need to be difficult yeah. at all you know what i mean when you were reading you got kind of a smirk on your face when you read that part like you were under no obligation yeah what is what's that about i think that um i th- i think probably all three of us i would i would guess from my limited knowledge of you two having experienced stuff before i met you in aa um I would think that all three of us have experienced someone who presents himself as like a recovered or whatever kind of sponsor. And they're in, you know, that kind of capacity with us, a sponsorship type relationship. And they sort of lean into that power imbalance and kind of lord that over you in this way of like, well, you're the one who wants what I have. I don't, ha- I don't want shit you got. You know, that kind of thing. And like, um, this like smug, arrogant or fucking totally clueless outer space mentality of like the absolute opposite of everything in this paragraph. It's like this paragraph is making it very clear. My efforts in sponsorship, all of the ones that like I can't chalk up as like ego boosters because you know, XYZ person is sponsoring half of the known fucking, you know, tri-state area or whatever now. And I got them to 12 and I showed them how to sponsor. Like all the ones who just come and fucking flake out and go away. Like they helped me immensely. Mm -hmm. 
um, they they were turning points spiritually in my development. Um, and that's why I smirk because any opportunity to be in this dynamic with someone that we call sponsorship now is absolutely a gift to me regardless of the outcome you know regardless of whatever i can see this is even above and beyond me being like spiritually more well-versed or more more well-versed with the work or whatever after having met with them even beyond that it is just like it's it's absolutely an unparalleled present from God that I am in a, any kind of position for somebody to be like, will you help me? Even if they're not even serious about it for somebody to just like, look at me, this person who's like, I, I mean, I'd, I, I couldn't not snort pills on my lunch break at work. You know what I mean? For me to be in a position today because of what God has done in my life for somebody to ask me for help with fucking taking out the garbage, dude. It's like, people trust me with that. That is like, I am at a privileged position there. And so the idea that like so many people are so fucking far off that mark with this thing, it's one of those like laughing at a funeral things. Like I can't, I can't not smirk about it. Cause it's like, Otherwise, I will feel very uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, I I think you said something like it, you know, it's not even something that is malicious necessarily, mm-hmm. right? People are doing the best that they know how to do. But if, like, someone very sick approaches me, um, first of all, my intent with 12 is to get you to your higher power as quickly as possible, mm. right? So that we can be in this, I mean you can fuck right off or be a part of my fellowship, <laughs> like whatever the book doesn't tell us, right? Right. Um, it's a choose your own adventure. But if you come to me and you're sick and I respond to that by creating um, this dependence, mm. right? Like mm. now I'm creating a new dependence for you, um, relying on human power. I am going to disappoint you. You know, right. I am taking advantage of a very sick person who is desperate for a solution so if my approach to sponsoring is you know call me five times a day send me this you know if i'm making up stuff that's not in the book that doesn't have anything to do with you connecting to a higher power i'm taking advantage of you Mm -hmm. and that might not be my intent right you know um but like if you hear this and you think about that you know, I don't know. You can't unknow that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, good right luck. Now. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah, it just brought up a lot of good points. I, I was really feeling what you were saying, senior. Um, <laughs> these... Jiminy, <laughs> these um, these these alcoholics. Nine times out of ten, nine point nine times out of ten, do I see you know, for as many people as we're approaching, you know, weekly, get through all of the work, right? Something happens in there, go home, whatever. They. Those people, if I am, if I'm taking God with me and this beautiful gift that I received with me into these relationships with these people who are suffering and are looking for the way out, they will reach back out. Hmm. They'll, they'll know that they can, that I'm not, there's no axes to grind. There's, right. I'm not making them jump through hoops to get back into my good graces. Like you need to, um, go to a meeting every day this month. 
And then when you've done that, call me and we'll get to work mm. or, you know, read Bill's story five times and underline what you identify with and, um, whatever. 12 times. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually my, I really saw this firsthand when I, I mean, I am habitual in and out for over a decade, mm. um, looking for the solution and when i slid into the dms of a podcast right and got these directions something changed and i went out to you know i i went out to when i was making things right in an immense process i reached out to um a gentleman that devoted some time to me to uh you know, get me linked up with meetings and this and that. And I reached out and just wanted to thank him for his time. And he told me that I owed him an amend. Hmm. Right. Like made, made me feel that I wasn't allowed to go back to <laughs> that particular meeting. Hmm. And just knowing what um, we suffer from just uh, drinking alone, but the spiritual malady of untreated alcoholism and these people living in that space and then having that feeling hovering over them where they are supposed to go and get well and to feel like they owe these people something in there, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty disturbing. But, um, I think, um, I think you put it to me like, uh, a guy's a fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the moment you knew your daughter's name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. John Barleycorn Jr. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tw- I got to do it a little better than that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 12 questions with our guest, Cletus. All right, you mentioned that you go to uh, detoxes when you are looking for those who need help. How many times a week do you get carried out on their shoulders with them chanting your name for carrying the message? Fuck, I was going to ask this. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time I go. Wow. As you can tell from this podcast, I have a way with words. They react to miming very well. <laughs> it works better in person, for sure. Right. It's a detox for the deaf. Yeah. I have someone standing behind everyone prompting me when I should talk. <laughs> like, hey, you can very, laugh out very, loud. Is there a light involved. that says applause? Like, it goes off? Yes. Like, when you're finished, yes. so they know? Oh, yeah. The, uh, I always find a, a detox when I pantomime... Uh, Doing a harikari, cutting my own stomach open, and then pulling out my intestines and fashing them into a noose and hanging myself. I think that goes over well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, if your life before recovery were a movie, what would it be called? Sheesh. That's a great title. We for haven't me. heard that one yet. Yeah. No, that's good. Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. Colon. Sheesh colon, the Cletus story. Sheesh Cletus? <laughs> Sheesh Cletus. <laughs> I think shucks would be better for Cletus. Probably be felonious hepatitis. <laughs> Probably what I would go with. Grand theft hepatitis. <laughs> Alright, how long did it take you to do the steps? A week and a half wow. to make all of my approaches in nine, and then to be—I was in you know ten, eleven, and twelve after my first three or five approaches. But it's like a week and a half, under two weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, which step has been most rewarding for you? Twelve. Nice. Correct. 
Uh, has your conception of a higher power changed since you started the steps? Um, my conception? How esoteric should I get here? I mean, you can just say yes or no. <laughs> it's your answer, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a yes or no. Sorry. Um, yes and no. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't let her limit you. <laughs> Express yourself. Um, we're done with that. You're leaving it at yes and no. I mean, I'm. Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? <laughs> you didn't. I won't leave you there. You gave us the whole answer in sign language. We'll just have to put the okay. captions on. Okay. All right. Um, clubhouse or church basement? Church basement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Feel free to elaborate. Oh, the Alano clubs. I never had much luck. Yeah? What a dreary, dreary place. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it does breed a, a certain, like, hang out and do nothing tendency. Yeah. You know, go and play spades. Mm. You know, fill out job applications. Wait for your bus to come. But they do have vending machines, right? Like, at the clubhouse. Is that is that John Barleycorn, John Barleycorn Jr. or is that little page four seventeen? I'm hearing screaming. That's your. <laughs> okay. All right. It's okay, little page four seventeen. We'll be we'll be done in a minute, baby. Besides the big book, are there any other spiritual books or media that have been impactful to your spiritual growth? No. I love that this is going to be the shortest 12 questions ever. That's great. No. All right. All right. No, because I don't, my foundation has always been um, 11 and what I've taken into 11 as far as, you know, my sitting posture or, you know, an incense or something in that realm has changed, you know, box breathing to get zoned in. But outside of that, I don't. I've just grown and developed this relationship with God that I haven't, you know, thought out anything else. Nice. Um, okay. Would you rather rid the world of slogan slingers or sober influencers? Sober influencers. Yeah. For sure. Conviction on that one. Yeah, I mean, pretty cringe-worthy shit. <laughs> you know, go to AA, expect to hear something. You know, you know, someone interrupt your share, and you know, keep coming back. Mm -hmm. That's like expected. But then, you know, to have my feed interrupted by. <laughs> You know, their kale and hot yoga solution to, you know, type 4 alcoholism is like, all right. <laughs> A bridge too far. <laughs> yeah. That's where I draw the line. Uh, name a chapter you'd like to see written into the fifth edition. A chapter? Yeah, just the title Like, of the create my own? Yeah, it can be sheesh, Cletus. <laughs> yeah, uh, naming children in sobriety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. Um, when's the last time you did a 10-step? When would that have been? Earlier this week. I'm just so plugged in <laughs> that it's, you know, hard to recall yesterday. You know what I mean? I'm so living in the moment right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the past. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Once you get enough time under your belt, 
all that ten-step stuff kind of goes away, you know? <laughs> I just figure it get, out. I didn't expect to get time-bullied by Cletus today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one piece of advice you'd give newcomers or people coming back. Call me. Before you do anything, I'll do my best to point you in the right direction and do what we just talked about. Instead of sending people blind and day, I don't trust it anymore. Sad. You know, yeah, go to your local Alano club. No. Yeah. Okay. This is number six for me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Final question. Better hang. Russell Brand or Holly Whitaker? A better hang? Yeah. I knew we were going to have better problems hang. with this. Sometimes we don't. I've asked it where there was no this problem. This is a terribly worded question. It's, it's, a, it's a specifically worded question. Mm. Okay, here. Better hang. Ronald McDonald or the Burger King? <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like a fucking obvious okay. kind of question. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think I was up with the lingo. I was like, a better hang? I didn't know. I'm like, are you going to finish the question? I didn't. I didn't know. Oh, it a hang. Sylvia refuses to just accept the question as it is. Like all of the podcast guests that have been asked this question. No, you're wrong. You haven't been in all of them. I mean... But one person did think I was saying bed or hang. Like, fuck or murder this person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know... Who's a worse Russell. hang? Who's a worse Worse? Hang? Yeah. Who's the better hang? Who's the worse hang? Who's the better or worse? Better, Russell, worse, Holly. <laughs> okay. I'm a, you know... I can I, I can let people go on and on and on and on and Russell seems to be pretty good at that. I just nod in the background. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. Versus a different vibe that you get off Holly Whitaker. Um the only vendetta I have against her is that I had um someone bring that book out at a detox. They left the room we were in go went back to her room and brought that book back mm-hmm. and started passing it around while i was talking mm-hmm. and like standing up and yeah like oh boy and how you know this doesn't work for women and uh, i um well i bet you feel pretty stupid sylvia so dumb <laughs> <laughs> Not only Sorry, does alcoholism not, not only does alcoholism not exist, but AA doesn't work for women. Right. <laughs> I feel dumb for that, and um, he answered the question very well. So I owe you an amends. <laughs> um, bonus question. Ooh, how would you define the term old timer? A dusty old. Nah. Yeah, old timer. He's a a dude that has lived in <laughs> rude. My hey, lived. <laughs> yeah, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> a guy who plays in a jug band at the Cracker Barrel on Sundays. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I get this vision in my head of this guy, you know, just sitting there, and he's been around forever, and good or bad. You know, that just is holding the fork down. Again, good or bad. And his just name may or may not be Cletus. May, ooh, very fitting for old timer. <laughs> I feel like they always have names like Gerald. <laughs> you know, like I had a. Is that just? Old I had an old timer, an old timer who went by Bear. Bear, yeah. Yeah, there's a, those guys. Uh, yeah, it's like, Serenity Club. Overall, Jimmy, you know stuff like that. They, like, that. <laughs> like, huh? I will say, Bear let me sleep on his couch for two days, nice. probably in two thousand and nine. What a lovely man! Yeah, I'm looking for like a 
a debonair old timer. Pocket Square Matthew, something like that. <laughs> Cumberburn, Cumberbun Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, top Hat and Tails Samuel. Anyway. Those are all I'm trying to keep up for those following along. <laughs> yes, th- those are real people we've met. My head is like steaming, trying to think of a quick wit. Like, <laughs> okay, I can do this. Okay, what else is fancy? He said cummerbund. Um, <laughs> okay, I think a, a top hat was covered. <laughs> well, Cletus, despite the horrible choice of name, which I will eventually forgive you for, this was great very much appreciate you coming on the show you're continuing even as i speak to show off the pantomime skills the four years of mime college paid off well it is (laughs) (laughs) it it is it is a pleasure to watch you work (laughs) yeah yeah i wish i could say it was anything other than sheer terror (laughs) (laughs) you know through it and you're better for it yeah yeah, did you? I like that. Did you ask God to remove your fear and direct your attention to what you have you be? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I'm just trusting. So you know. say no, so I could be like, be a lot cooler if you did. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. This was awesome. Hell yeah. And thank you, Sylvia. Thank you. Good to see you, Cletus. Cletus. Catch you at the Jamboree. <laughs> yeah, Jamboree at the old Crackle Barrel down there on... Actually, I'm going to throw in my cutoffs and run jump in the above-ground pool out back at Mama's house if you want to meet me over there later. <laughs> <laughs> You're describing the dream I had where, <laughs> you know, Cletus came to be. Is this real? Did that really happen? <laughs> um... No, it was okay. your. Lo- <laughs> okay, I was like, no. I was like, wait, this happened? Oh my god, I thought it was a joke. It was one of your admirers in your comment section. Oh god. Thanks for listening.